1: hey there scp fans my name is gregory carpin and this is simply creative people the show about scp creatives be they authors artists or off-site content creators like youtube and TikTok. we're focused on bridging the gap between various fans and serving as an introduction to different concepts and stories on the wiki so many welcomes to all and let's get started all right welcome to episode seven of simply creative people i'm gregory carpin and I'm joined by I am
2: allegedly Harry
1: Blank. <laughs> the joke will never get old. And we have a guest as well this week. And you want to introduce yourself?
0: Uh, I am Marcellus Reigns, known as Mars, the uh, most famous unknown author on the wiki.
1: Hail Caesar!
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's right.
1: You were the author that did the uh, that fun duology for the Fifthism episode that we talked about. Yeah. Yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, we're going to get that enthusiasm. Don't go lay down. <laughs> <laughs> so,
2: it takes a lot to really get Mars going. Mars is one of the most even-keeled people we have.
0: And I appreciate that. <laughs>
1: I appreciate it as well. <laughs> uh, so, like we've been doing in every episode since we've been doing this current set, uh, I've been liking to do this little creative corner where we talk about our own processes and you know when we get somebody on that's that's doing other things than writing what we'll, we will talk to them about that but seeing as how we're all authors uh we thought we would talk a little bit about adapting ideas because the wiki is a collaborative form of course and we often will take uh concepts or characters or ideas from other established articles and then adapt them for use in our work so mars you want to go first you're our guest
0: uh sure um in an article i wrote uh totally not porn <laughs> it follows uh, two <laughs> people from awcy and uh they're just these two guys that are just trying to make rent um and usually awcy at least in as far as i've seen written on the wiki they're typically non-violent they just create uh, art just to like freak people out but in Totally Not Porn one of the guys is like a complete and utter psychopath like he decapitated seven people just to make an art <laughs> project to sell so that he can make rent for the month and his <laughs> friend's totally like uh, completely against it he's like why, why, why'd you do this like that's completely unhinged he's like no nah, it's fine we're, we're, we're gonna be it's we're art and it's art rent's good <laughs> decapitation for decapitation's sake am I right? Yeah, pretty much and, you know, vaporization and all that, that's another thing I introduced there where it's like he uh, erased the identities of the people so that no one could track him because, you know, I mean, you can't just go around decapitating seven people uh, without consequence (laughs) at least I don't think you can, I've never tried so,
1: I don't know. One hopes not. So when you were doing that, did you do, like, research so, just to clarify, A-W-C-Y are we cool yet? (laughs) Uh, is, did you do research? That's a great... No, well, great, just, I just want to know, like...
2: How did you get practice. into the uh, the headspace of decapitation? Exactly.
1: <laughs> All right, go ahead, Gregor. I, I just... I, I oh, no. Well, I was just saying that A-W-C-Y is a, Are We Cool Yet? Which is a different GUI which we'll cover at some point. And there mostly are... You know, you characterize them as not that violent. But honestly, there's a bunch of articles where they do, like, weird art things that end up in, like, chaos or, like, death, and they're just, like, trying to make this, like, very, like, look-down-your-nose point to the grand society. Yes. They're called anomalous artists or anartists. Right. So, did you, Mars, when you were, you know, working on that idea, did you read some
0: other Are We Cool Yet stuff? Uh, yeah, I read I read through pretty much, if not the entire hub uh, before I started writing that. Uh, because i thought i thought they were really cool and i wanted to you know find out more about them before i started to uh write about the the goi i didn't want to write about something that i knew next to nothing about you know
1: yeah that is always a difficult thing
0: so when you were adapting the idea did you you know like what was your process when i was writing that particular article in addition to reading like the awcy stuff i also was reading a um uh, I, I forget what it was. I forget what it was. I was reading some other kind of book uh, that was just talking about this like off the rails uh, kind of like art interpretation and everything. Um, so when I was adapting that into the totally not porn article, I, <laughs> I decided that I also wanted to go off the rails with the an artists and uh, just make them as different as I could to uh, everything else that I had read up to that point uh, which included a lot of like ultra-violence <laughs> and decapitation
1: <laughs> well I mean yeah I mean that's certainly not the first thing I imagine when it comes to R2 Yeah, well, it's, a th- that's, it's, it's a
2: sensible thing to do though is if you look and see what's there one of the best ways to make an addition is to write something that is definitely not already
1: there yeah absolutely I mean especially with the the way that the wiki works and how many things have already been covered uh it is funny how often people feel i feel like when i talk to new authors they'll be like oh every idea has been done and it's like mm, not really what are you looking at like what what is it a goi is it a certain tone or something look at what's already been done and trust me there's an angle you haven't covered yet even if yeah there is a similar anomaly or a similar article at its core You know, what kind of tone could you make? You know, instead of making this about a bunch of stuffy artists, Mars, you made it about, like, you know, essentially like somebody looking for an excuse to pay rent by becoming a serial killer.
2: (laughs) I've got a fairly obvious one for anybody who's read um, some of the stuff that I've done that is not part of my canon. Uh, I I did some writing during the Canon Renaissance contest for the Resurrection canon.
0: uh, What's that?
2: yeah, what is that? Gregory's never heard of this before. Nope. <laughs> He's only written a dozen, dozen or so articles in it. Um, it it's, it's a sort of restarting of the old 2008-2010 storyline of the old author avatars trying to uh, work within the Foundation as the Foundation considers using anomalies for um, aggressive use, making a mobile task force of anomalies. And each author generally contributes stories about the various author avatars and the various cool characters that have been established over the early years, and Resurrection brings that back but also introduces new characters and the stuff that's happened in the intervening decade and moves the story forward a bit. And the canon renaissance contest was supposed to be let's all um, pick up a canon that hasn't been touched fairly recently and Resurrection hadn't, so we took that and while we were considering what our plot was going to be I was sitting here like, what do I like from series one that never came up again? Is there something? And what came up in my mind was SCP-096, which... Um, The internet has largely misunderstood. Fight me, bro. It's a misunderstanding. Misunderstood to be a story about a scary monster, which it's not. It's a story about how scary it is that one of the doctors hates this monster so much he's willing to cause multiple people to die horribly in a fake containment breach just so the foundation sees how dangerous this monster is and lets him get rid of it. And that story is written by Dr. Dan who only wrote 096 and it's two supplements and he uses his author avatar, Dr. Dan in that story. And then Dr. Dan is supposedly slated for execution for his crime at the end of the story and never gets touched by anything ever again on the wiki period. For a decade. For a decade. <laughs> and, yeah. and I went I went, you know what? I'm just going to hijack this dude's author avatar. <laughs> and I'm going to use him as a character. And I I, re, I reread the articles several times. I got a sense of the vibe of what he was like, and I went, what if he didn't get killed off? What would he have been doing for the past 10 years? And how might we use him to tell more interesting stories going forward? And um, it's gotten to the point where I've used Dr. Dan enough, and other people, including Grigori, have used Dr. Dan enough that he qualified for a tag in our navigation system because he's now a character beyond just 096. And you can just take these little things that other people have written that interest you and, and see whether or not they've actually been extrapolated into anything. And if they haven't, go nuts. And what it's led to is Gregory and I are now writing a, a Resurrection canon series, mm-hmm. um, which is separate from the existing Resurrection because it's kind of like a, a closed group of tale series sort of thing. But we're writing our own whole Mythology using these characters because it's it's actually a lot of fun to take stuff that you like that hasn't been taken up and be the person who
1: makes use out of it. Yeah, there's two things that I really liked about the way that you wrote Doctor Dan in, in in a unique way from the way he was originally done. Which one? Everything that he was involved in was incredibly grounded. He was using his brain uh trying to solve problems uh even if they dealt with like crazy anomalous stuff but you didn't turn him into like some swashbuckling hero but what you did do which i think is so brilliant and i don't think from 96 or the supplements it's really quite as as obvious as the way that you do it you turned him into that classic mad bastard character the guy (laughs) who knows better than everybody else in the room is smarter than everyone else and is a smart ass enough to point it out in funny ways (laughs)
2: Yeah, that was just the extrapolation, was he decided, independently of anybody else other than his research colleague, that this was such a big problem, he was willing to get people killed and stage an event just to fix, and I I extrapolated from that to be, this is a guy who has no doubt that he is the smartest person in the room, and what would it be like ten years later, after he'd had to deal with having been wrong about that, to, uh, to come back to work at the Foundation, knowing for a fact that he got people killed, but still wanting to... Proof he had reasons so it's a gray area and that's what's always fun with characters
1: yeah and you know as you said i've also because we did this joint thing now uh written some dr dan the thing i think i like the most about him is this perfect balance between knowing he's the smartest guy in the room and he can probably think of a, a, a solution to most problems but also balancing the fact that he is just plagued by the sins of his past you know, and I mean, he's not going to sit there and like open up and like have a teary heart-to-heart with somebody. But it's always there in the background that he knows he got a baby killed and a family killed and a bunch of soldiers killed just to prove a point.
2: And that's one of the fun things about using these old established characters is playing back on on their history and finding a new spin on it. Which, uh, as we'll probably talk about later with the White Ashes, is something that Mars did as well. Yeah.
1: So for myself. E- Also, similarly, uh, though not connected to Resurrection, I have recently taken up a sort of buddy cop comedy, uh, not exactly comedy series, using two uh, fairly established older characters, one being Dr. Clef, who is such a famous uh, SCP character, uh, and quite an overdone one in many ways, in my opinion. Like, he's always portrayed sort of a very cartoonish cartoonishly sexist cartoonishly ignorant you know it, it's surprising that he even has a doctorate you know oh, yeah. he's just he seems like <laughs> such a buffoon in some ways uh and always like carrying a shotgun because he likes shooting things and karsis varus who is the sort of central focus of scp 2075 and he is essentially if you're familiar at all with the sarcasm the karsis are the leaders slash priests prophets. Uh, and they all have their own unique spin on like incredibly powerful body horror type stuff going on. Varus's specific thing is that he can like sort of infect people to become extensions of himself. They still look like themselves, but he's in control. He's like the ultimate puppet master. Yeah, and we had when we did 6500, I used both these characters towards the end to set up Vanguard, which was going to be this whole shift sea change in the way that the foundation works and I thought what better way to do that than to bring Clef in and make him the butt of some jokes Uh, and then also this carcist who's you know when last we saw him in 2075 he's you know on the loose and is like incredibly dangerous well what if I transformed him into this you know fairly statesman like because he's a leader and somebody on Reddit as a joke went you know you should do a buddy cop comedy with Clef and Varus and the minute someone said that i was like you're right i have to do that uh and that's turned into this whole series of of clef and varus dealing with dangerous sarkic stuff that has been left mostly untouched on, on the wiki uh since they originally been writing but the fun thing about both of these characters the way that i adapted them was i really tried to keep it true to their core but then just dialed it back slightly for both of them like clef is sort of a blustery sometimes seemingly ignorant thing you know i think one of his first lines is responded to by Varus in the first tale uh by oh good the racism starts (laughs) (laughs) because clef is such like an idiot who just says what's on his head and he's not really that pc and varus instead of being this arch evil sort of mysterious dude is now like a bit more restrained uh is very threatening in some ways but is also like interested in being you know, a carcist, a leader, etc. And putting them in these situations in which they are forced to, to work together, but then also sort of slightly, begrudgingly start enjoying each other's company uh, has been so much fun. Uh, and that, you know, none of these, neither of these characters were mine to begin with, and like you said, the funnest thing about it is taking established histories, uh, which I've re- re- referenced several times with Clef, and then, you know, Using that as a as a plot point or as just a thing in a conversation that like adds a little bit of character depth to them. It's
0: also an amazing series, just by the way. Thank you. It
1: is. I, I agree. It's, I if the contest wasn't going on right now, I already have plans for the next two follow ups, and I really need to <laughs> do those. Um, it's always
2: good to have more on the on the brain. Um, just one quick yeah. thing about that: um, the old author avatars for the people whose authors are no longer on the wiki really have become stock characters there are things that you can pick up you can figure them out pretty quickly just by the process of joining the site you learn about these people because they're ubiquitous in the early stuff and then you can just sort of use them as stock characters which i think is kind of funny considering how their outgrowths of the personalities of the people who helped <laughs> create the site um yeah if you need somebody who's an ignorant jerk and works at the foundation nevertheless and you don't want anybody questioning it you can just plug clef in and they'll go yeah okay
1: yeah i mean what's so funny is i only threw him into emissary which is the path of the 6500 that i introduced we introduced vanguard through i only brought him in as a joke to be the like perfect personification of the old-fashioned foundation stuff because this was a story about how they were going to turn a new leaf and by forcing myself to write him because i can't stand writing characters um caricatures specifically like i can't stand you know i would never be able to write fan fiction about master chief like i'm not interested <laughs> in writing that because i would have to like discuss some sort of much more interesting nuance to a character that's not to say everything i write is deep it's just i need to make the characters like somewhat more human so much more believable even if they are at their core still the ridiculous you know, racist idiot that, that Clef is. Um, and and just by discuss you know, working through organic conversations between the two characters and then the situations I put them in, I've actually like started really bonding with this character that I swear I had very little respect for <laughs> earlier on. Um, like I think I told you after I wrote the first one, Harry, I think I told you I'm like, I think I'm like really enjoy writing Clef. And you were like, you you, you really got his voice down, I'm surprised. <laughs>
0: yeah
2: it's a thing that happens it happened to me too I've used Clef a little bit as well and it's like ah oh, this is kind of fun to write I could see why Clef did this
1: <laughs> yeah he is actually kind of like if you and again like the way that what I always aim for is I, I start off in my head of thinking of the, the the tropey use of Clef in the past that you know one famous story is he went and talked to SCP-682 it was a thing that could kill anything and they both just kind of stared at each other because that's how dangerous Clef is and it's just like god shut up But you know if you take that chuck norris joke right exactly uh you take that you just like dial it back a little bit and make the people around him think you know they think he's just as ridiculous as many of the current authors think that the character is then it's like then it plays into something interesting like oh you are a dinosaur why are you still around and then you can mess with you know different ideas there
2: and and resurrection does that as well they acknowledge that so yeah
1: yeah, that's the fun thing about Resurrection. You know, I, I know that, like, it's been sort of a controversial canon in some ways, and I get why, because it's sort of harkening back to, like, an older age of, of the SCP stuff. But the thing that's most fun about it to me is taking these tropey characters and turning them into, like, actually fleshed out people. Yeah. Like, I, through the, because I also wrote for Canon Renaissance Resurrection for a different storyline that we then kind of conjoined for our new stuff and we we both used for a little bit dr light who is a famous you know kind of withdrawn researcher type character avatar and i've just grown to like absolutely love her for the same reasons and i mean i thought i would talk about a little bit about the deva but honestly we're gonna have to do a whole episode on the deva at some point so just you know a little bit behind the scenes i basically took an entire goi and transformed it into something else (laughs) yes Uh, you did which was weird i think it's a lot better now (laughs) thanks Yes. Uh, um i I've, I always loved it. Like I read 140 uh pretty early on and I've always gone it's like probably the article other than two eight four zero that that I've read the most. Like I just think one four zero has got so much narrative potential to it. And I was working on something with Pedagon, which just came out called in the Carpathians, which was like a creepypasta dealing with the, the Deva. And I was doing research about the Deva articles and I was like, you know, there's no hub. There's no central like concept going on here, and each anomaly is sort of the self-contained thing. It would be really cool if somebody did that. Uh, and then I just started doing it,
0: <laughs> which you can do on the wiki. You can always be the change you want to see on the wiki, and I think that's one of the uh, most alluring factors of joining this community, is like you could take anything that's already established and write something that's completely against every established headcanon. And if you do it well, it, it, it works. And people will start to change how they feel or change how they see certain characters, like you've done with uh, Clef and Vars and uh, Dr. Dan in Resurrection. And I think that's really cool.
1: Yeah, that's certainly, you know, the word collaborative gets thrown around a lot. And, you know, a lot of people think, oh, that means you can work with other people, which it does. And we should. And I've had a lot of good experience with Harry and other people doing that. But there's also that concept that you just said, like you can just take things, you know, as long as you're respectful to the original core material, even if what you're doing is totally different. uh, If you show that you appreciate the core concept and aren't just like shitting on it, I think that it's like a really useful, it's just a useful exercise uh, for a writer, but it also has led to some really excellent stories. You know, one of my favorite uh, 6,000 entries was 6140, which was a complete 180 about the Deva and uh you know it completely sort of threw sand in the face at the whole concept of of, but they did it in such a masterful and smart fake out way that it's just i just think it's brilliant
2: well and today's subject is actually a really good topic for this reimagining thing because the broken god has been the subject of what how many 001s and how many kcon entries now
1: yeah more Um, than any other single topic probably i mean it's it's i don't know if it is actually the oldest goi on the website but i think it is one of them i think it probably is actually the oldest i mean it dates back to 2008 so right yeah um, that's the start so yeah that's what we're talking about today we're going to talk about the church of the broken god which is this classic you know megalith of of uh lore on the wiki and and because of that it's going to be a wide-ranging subject and we're not going to talk about every single thing it's impossible honestly we'll have to come back and talk about individual stories but, and looking at the outline, it looks as though you still
2: made an attempt to fit every single thing on there. There's, there's what, two dozen yeah. things on this outline?
0: Yeah, Sorry but dropping, like, a hundred articles on you. Yeah, that was, like, <laughs> half of what Mars
1: gave me. <laughs> Which is funny, because, like, normally I've been really, you know, reliant on myself, looking through a hub, but then also, you know, reaching out on Twitter and getting suggestions and whatnot. Uh, and basically, I didn't have to do almost any of that, because Mars was just like, here's some articles you need to read, and I included most of them well, no, probably about half, but uh, and I included <laughs> some of my own that I wanted to include, but or not my own personal, but ones that I thought were important. Um, yeah.
0: But yeah, it's yeah, I was you're, just like, r- go ahead. I was, I was just like, here's everything that's <laughs> important to any degree <laughs> to get to understand this group of interests.
1: Yeah, it's good stuff. I, you know, I, as we brought up last time, GOI formats are not always the most respected and. I think oftentimes I sort of discount them sometimes. Uh, Like I want to read Tales and I want to read SCPs. More often than not, I want to read Tales. But here, if you hadn't suggested these GOI formats, I probably would have looked at them. But because you were like, here, you got to hit these. I got a real interesting insight into they're just pure world building as opposed to many other GOI formats. These are all Mm -hmm. like holy text. It's really great.
2: Yeah, and they're a really good format. I like the Maxwell's GOI format a lot.
1: Yeah, a uh, little bit... When you first open it up, I think it's a little bit hard to tell what it is, but yeah, once you just like kind of stare at it for a bit. But before we go into like specific articles, let's talk about some very general stuff. So, the Church of the Broken God is a very old religion. Sometimes, you know, it, it, it seems like it goes earlier than ancient Greece. Uh, there's even some relationship to, like... Uh, like all the way back to ancient China. Uh, And basically, it centers around the worship of mechanization and believes that flesh and life to be inherently evil or broken, meaning, like, organic. Uh, The central to their theology is that their deity has been scattered, dispersed, or otherwise rendered inert, quote-unquote broken god. Uh, That god is referred to in many different ways, uh, from the broken one to the broken god, to Mechane to Wan. um, The one I probably like the most is McCain, but uh you know we everyone's going have their own opinions but Mekane uh was originally a god that like kind of oversaw like design and like organized thought etc uh and it was a being that existed either in parallel or in some way relationship to Yaldabaoth, who is the the god of like sarcasm but it's not really the god of sarcasm which i had to c- constantly e- explain um but basically, in a fight to the death, Mechain, uh held back Yadaboath from the physical plane to protect humanity and like was broken apart. Uh, the history and origins of the belief are hard to nail down because they're ancient and contemporaries are both ancient Davites and the Sarkic empires. Uh, it's clear that there was also a war between the ancient uh and the Nalkin or the Sarkist forces in the Mediterranean around the 11th century BCE uh it depends on which article you read but it's often considered that the meccanite empire was victorious but was kind of fell apart because of it it was a pyrrhic victory the three the this religion as opposed to the devites has existed all the way until today and there's basically three separate sects and i thought we could each take one of them to talk about and then kind of move on from there so let's see the the main one the sort of centrist uh established quote-unquote Catholic version of, of The Broken God called The Broken Church which has been led by a man called Robert Bumaro. The hub says it's since 1946 but lots of articles have implied that he's been around for much longer than that. The uh, vast majority of material on the site is focused on this group. Uh, they're the earliest stuff created by dr gears uh they're sort of the mainstream uh and the hub says that there's something like 300,000 believers worldwide which is still pretty small compared to mainstream religions but when it comes to gois that's a significant amount of people uh, and then a quote from the hub says through the use of anomalous often anomalous technology church followers seek to bring together components of the body of god thereby allowing the divine a physical form to utilize and bring about some sort of techno-organic apotheosis that word always gives you trouble um (laughs) and basically so they're trying to their whole goal is to put to to physically put together their god because their god is a god of machines and so if they can just find all the pieces or recreate them then they could bring their god back and then rise up all of humanity but there's been several splits in the last hundred years or so and one of them is the cogwork orthodoxy harry you want to read something about that Yeah, sure. So
2: the cogwork orthodoxy is closer to the basic Church of the Broken God than is the third option that presumably Mars is going to be talking Mm -hmm. about in a minute. Um, They're closer, but they're still separate because they have this weird steampunk industrial revolution (laughs) aesthetic. They have a sort of a religious sense of of, um, analog as opposed to digital... um, steam um, gears and cogs and clockwork sort of stuff. They have physical uh, um, implants more commonly and more obvious and more overt. Uh, they're, they're kind of the uh, slightly more Luddite in the sense of um, not not being into the whole internet stuff that the Maxwellists are really into. Um, they actually they don't like electronic devices at all, and they're really into... Um, experiencing this steampunk aesthetic as a sort of a religious expression. And I believe the leader of that particular sect is Legate Trunnion, but I could be wrong about that because this is not my, this is not my area of expertise, but I'm fairly sure.
1: Yeah. Uh, no, you had it right. Yeah, so she's like the leader uh, in the articles, but there is implications that there is like a patriarchy, uh, which right. is an interesting term to choose, obviously written by a dude, um, <laughs> that uh, was that is sort of the the handing down of the orthodox truths they're the ones that figure out what their holy writ is uh and like i mean i think you almost undersold it because they're so against electronic or digital stuff that they think it's heresy it's an abomination to use digital technology
2: right right they're the three groups don't get along very well although there is a tale that we're looking at where they, they appear to but yeah
1: yeah um they're highly centralized and regulated by a group of unknown composition, like I said, they, they're called the Patriarchs, and they really focus on this thing called standardization, which is where everything mechanical or human being uh, augmented by the mechanical will reach you know, a standard level of design quality. Uh, whereby the adherents submit to anomalous mechan- me- mechanical enhancement with the stated goal of remaking themselves in the image of their deity. So they're like less focused on rebuilding God, although I'm sure uh, if offered the chance, they would certainly take part in it. And, and certainly some articles have them talking about it. But we've we've, we've left, the, I think, the one of the more interesting ones for, for Mars, because yes. Mars, you've written sort of a lot about maximalism. So why don't you kind of give your own thoughts on it?
0: Uh yeah so the church of maxwellism uh they represent a more modernized uh computer focused like electronic focused version of the uh the broken church yeah they're um one of the ones that I like to write the most about because I think they're honestly the uh, most interesting out of the three uh they don't have a centralized organizing church body um but there have been interviews and covert surveillance uh that have determined that there's like small pockets of them uh throughout throughout the world, and these individual pockets they have like their own thing going on usually, but they have been in communication with each other uh, and I think that's one of the most important parts of this is like this particular sect of uh the broken church is broken for lack of a better word <laughs> but it's also still like Tenuously connected I think that makes sense yeah I think but, that they've
1: got like a real like democratic feel to it because they've got these avenues of communication between these different small
0: pockets of themselves yeah and uh, the Maxwell is referred to the broken god as uh, Juan and Juan uses uh, it its pronoun so if you read the uh, the Maxwell's holy text which I've written I think two or three of uh, they always refer to WAN or WAN refers to itself as it or they refer to it as WAN in uh, in all caps <laughs> yeah and uh,
1: they also like to connect through these virtual networks where they actually like inject their minds uh, So such that it's like fucking the matrix or something like they have this thing called the network or the collective where it's almost like a digital city like Tron or something
0: yeah, and where the Cogwork Orthodoxy has uh, standardization, where they try and uh, make their bodies into Dad. the... What, baby? Dad! Go, go <laughs> sleep. Where they try and make their bodies into that of um, the Broken One, the Maxwells have something they call uh, Recompiling, which is it's pretty much the same thing, but in my opinion, I think it's a lot more streamlined. Like, there's a lot of... Uh, neural links and neural connections and it's more about trying to meld not just the body with that of machinery but the spirit as well Yeah, at least that's how I interpret it
1: no totally I mean I think that it's really interesting that they're less focused on rebuilding a physical representation of their god and more interested in like compiling the will of humanity to like make this like in the digital space which is really like modern in a very interesting like forward thinking sort of way
0: yeah how I've always interpreted the uh, the very few Maxwell's articles that there are on the site is that they're trying to figure out a way to computize the soul in order to use power, use themselves to bring Juan back into this reality
1: yeah I, I, that is, I that's is really cool. interesting about, like like if they could like understand how to digitally recreate the human soul then possibly they could figure out how to do that for their god Uh, so those are the three main sects of the church of the broken god um they're all generally called the church of the broken god but like i said you know when you say that it just kind of means in general whereas in a more specific way these different sects have very different ideas uh the interesting thing is that especially the broken church and the orthodoxy have like a significant hatred of the Sarkics. and we did mention this briefly on episode one but there's this like long rivalry between them probably dating back as early as the war between the ancient meccanites uh and the sarkic empire but they like to believe it goes back even further because there's the whole concept of mccain being the great a- adversary to Yaldabaoth, and they mistakenly believe uh that those who follow now Na- the Nalkan face are like worshiping Yaldabaoth, uh and so want to like sort of defeat the um defeat the mechanization of humanity which is pretty funny because the Sarkiks really don't think much about the church of the broken god the church of the broken god is like super focused on like we have to eradicate these people um and the Sarkiks are mostly like yeah the, they, those guys are a real pain in the butt that's it
0: <laughs> yeah it's a it's a very one-sided relationship right on the part of the broken church
1: yeah i mean don't get me wrong if you ask the Sarkik, they probably wouldn't be super happy talking to a church of the broken god person because these are people that have killed them over and over again but there is no like religious like importance to them whereas there is like a faith-based reason for the church of the broken god to eradicate the the sarcics uh in vanguard we've started uh showing the Wallace being a little bit more forward thinking so that they don't have this old entity which i think fits with their concepts because they're not as interested in the past they're interested in the future and in my opinion anyone looking towards the future is gonna know that like a class or uh, group-based hatred of someone is is not the future in any way right uh yeah. so the church of the broken god especially the broken church in fact almost entirely the broken church has worked i think it started off as sort of an enemy organization to the foundation uh, a lot of the early articles really do treat them as sort of a threat And then starting somewhere around Series 3, maybe late Series 2, they start looking at ways that they can collaborate with the Foundation, finding, like, group goals. Um, And this happens a bunch of times. It happens in 2217, which we'll talk about later, but it happens in lots of articles where the GOC and the Foundation will come together to work on something that the Church is also interested in, uh, and the Church will say, oh, well, we should work together, uh, which is interesting because it's probably the... GOI that the foundation most frequently finds itself collaborating with, I would think, at least in the yeah,
2: and that's partially because they're both
1: absolutely petrified by the circuit. Right. Yeah, and and also uh, I think in a lot of ways, and, and we very briefly touched on this in the first our first episode with Jackie was here, was that I think if you look at the Church of the Broken God, you might be a little horrified that somebody replaced you know their lungs with a brass organ or something, but you could sort of understand the augmentation through technology we we already do that in so many ways um but you look at something like the sarcics where they are augmenting themselves through themselves by transforming the body in horror in like what to us looks very scary uh and i think it's just a gut reaction in a lot of ways i mean they they see the other in, in, in them whereas the, the church of the broken god they might be weird they might do things that the foundation wouldn't do themselves but they're not above augmenting their soldiers with cybernetics if they can as well uh, I would also like to point out that there's like significant influence from the Church of the Broken God on like the terminology that the GOC and the Foundation uses because the church has been around for so long like their slur for the Malkin people which is sarkic uh, became the official word uh, for these these groups Uh, and and there are a bunch of other examples as well where like the mechanite empire and the technologies that were derived from it like have been absorbed into like the goc and the foundation sort of mainstream uh veil quote-unquote containment organizations which is interesting because i i can't think of another goi that is shown with such like reverence and also uh collaboration with the foundation
0: yeah they're very involved in a lot of uh background elements i think uh especially with the foundation and the goc uh like a lot of technology that they've had because they've been around for a really long time so like they were there well before the founding of all of these other organizations and they the the other organizations like foundation goc uh marshall carter and dark even take inspiration or even like directly technology from the broken church to then incorporate that into their own organization
1: right yeah and i, I think that's it, what's interesting about it is how that has like a significant influence on maybe not the way that these like the goc of the foundation operates but like the thought process and it's like a much more acceptable option to accept help or to offer help to the church of the broken god than it would be to almost any other group of interest.
2: um so, i ahead. think it's kind of funny because out of all of those early gois they might be the one that has the that it might be the only one that doesn't have a dork age that has to be overcome. Yeah. Or they've got the early version of this GOI where they were an embarrassing just only sets off bombs goi or these guys who were an embarrassing our only dickheads GOI. the broken church stuff is readable pretty much all the way throughout there is no irritating period of, of
1: silliness <laughs> yeah and i you gotta wonder how much of that had to do with the fact that it was the you know sort of personal project of dr gears who has always been you know yes. is less involved now but we, we both know him um and is still involved to this day which is yes. crazy like that's you know 13 14 years even if it's on and off involvement in the the, the foundation or about been in the wiki um and you know has always been a well-respected member um you can hear you know if you go into the community you'll hear all sorts of like interesting stories about lots of the older authors but i don't think anyone ever talks about gears or talks to gears with anything but like reverence um yeah i've never heard anybody who just doesn't like gears because i'm, I'm, I'm yeah i've never
0: heard that good. either yeah it's i mean like and universally loved yeah <laughs> and from talking to he's the, he's, the, he's
2: the author he's the only author whose birthday is a holiday on the <laughs> <Right. website>. okay <laughs> yeah.
1: for his birthday every year we oftentimes will do these little creepy pasta articles uh and conjoin them into like one big article um but yeah so i wonder how much of that like you know people were you know already respectful of the author and so wanted to uh contribute in an interesting way and it's got like the deepest stuff on the wiki because it's been around since basically the beginning and just continued to evolve over all that time. Now I'm not sure when it started but at some point somebody started adding to the lore that there was an ancient Chinese uh group called the Jia Dynasty um XIA which is pronounced Jia. Um I think I'm pretty sure. Um, And they ruled china from like 2100 to 1600 bce so it's earlier than the stuff that we knew about the ancient greece meccanites and what's interesting is they they weren't like church of the broken god but they were kind of this amalgamation between them and the sarcics and other groups because their culture practiced a dualistic religion where they worshiped both what they called the father serpent fuji uh which is equivalent to the broken god and mother dragon nua Uh, which is equivalent to Yaldabaoth above all other gods which has got a certain um, in my opinion certain like it recalls something that comes out of Lovecraft where it's talking about like father uh, Dagon and mother Hydra Um, but anyway uh, scholars were said to practice the way of the serpent and members of the culture underwent an age 12 transformations
2: you still there? I lost you hello?
0: Oh no Gregory died <laughs> oh no well I guess it's just you and me now oh wow I have to
2: pretend that I know what I'm doing no no way oh, we have to God. resurrect him
0: I have to pretend Grigori, like I'm confident. Gregory.
2: <laughs> quick say something funny so we can't cut this part out
0: <laughs> uh uh broken church forever <laughs> join <laughs> join the job. allegiance you
2: rose to the occasion that's amazing yeah, uh, Grigori says in the chat for this call, oh shit, and it also says he's typing. Oh, he I think has I have to, to restart. restart.
0: That's it, we um, gotta throw the whole episode out. It, it's all void. Yeah.
2: yeah, I can't wait till he comes back and says, okay, restart your recordings, and we say, oh, we never stop. Oh, he all says, oh, he says the recording? <laughs> Alright, uh, we'll be back in a bit, folks.
1: Okay, good luck. <laughs> Fun technical difficulties. Yeah. Um, so, we were talking a little bit about the Jia culture, which is kind of this ancient Chinese uh, group that also believed in the broken god. Uh, and they were significantly more advanced than other civilizations of their time, having developed structures similar to computing devices, but this is like 4,000 years ago, up to and including artificial intelligence, as well as a writing system more developed in the future Shang Dynasty, and even reality warping devices. They were company, accomplished blacksmiths, particularly of bronze and. Beli- Brillium bronze, which is this thing on the site that is like beryllium bronze has like certain occult properties. Yeah, it, 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 I don't yeah. even know where that started. I but think it probably came spread.
2: from. It probably came from what is it? 073 came because it's got that addendum um. that just says beryllium bronze like seventy-three times in a row because it was written in two thousand and eight, and there was no quality control. <laughs> and yeah, now it's just ingrained
0: right. in the site.
2: Yeah. I
1: mean I've used it like five or six times. Well it's because
2: they said beryllium bronze like seventeen times in a row that it just it got into your minds. <laughs>
1: My like,
0: mind's beryllium bronze. Beryllium bronze, yeah, yeah. beryllium yeah.
2: bronze.
0: Beryllium bronze. <laughs> okay. Beryllium like
2: bronze. I am going to read it eventually. I'm gonna find it while we're still talking and I'm gonna to prove to you that I'm not just being mean.
1: No no no, I know I know. It 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 says it very often. Uh and the properties of this alloy are currently being researched. Records suggest the geoculture developed methods of interstellar travel, which is (laughs) just That's a good sentence. Just just, come on. What does that even mean? Uh whether these were constructed, theorized, or something else entirely is yet to be determined. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) Like that's just like there's like a level of like versatility that I'm just like, oh, we've just crossed over. Oh, really? Like, these ancient Chinese people were, like, traveling to the stars? Really? Okay. Yep. We we can't even do interstellar travel, but they could. Yep.
2: That's what you get for having <laughs> the world's oldest country.
1: That's well, fair enough. Wow. So, we... Uh, Mars suggested a bunch of articles we talked about earlier, uh, and I thought we would talk a little bit about the GOI formats first, and only three of them, but... Because they are these, like, wonderful examples of A, poetry, and B, like, these interesting um, world-building, because they're all, like, holy writ. The first one that we're going to talk about is The Broken Mind, which was by Hammer Maiden, who's another legendary author who's done a bunch of stuff, and we've chatted with a bunch of ourselves. Absolutely. Uh, is She's really cool. Yes, she is. Uh, she wrote SCP-2000, amongst other very important ones, but that's probably the biggest one that she wrote yeah
2: she's the mind behind Um, the character of thaddeus yank the director of temporal anomalies or the or is it the temporal anomalies department because i never remember which department's which because there are two of them that's that's true (laughs) i think it's tad
1: anyway i think you're right and from the author's note uh hammerman says this is a document from mainline broken church is one of the last chapters of the book of pieces, a uh, chronicle of the first gathering of all the pieces of the broken god, which is fr- is really fun like just in that sentence is telling us oh well this has happened more than once then. Yeah. Um and I think that this is at least from what Harriman said and from my research this was the first attempt to write actual scripture from the broken church. And i think it's it's really short all these are really short so we're not going to do a big deep dive into any of them but i thought for each one we could read like little snippets and this one one of one of the stanzas uh reads as thus the design is not that of the mind but of a much simpler truth which man in his small wisdom can attain this design will beget yet another and yet another and it faithfully executed two more after their kind until at last the final volume will be understood and the mind shall be restored amen which is just like just good like it Be just beautiful. reads like biblical stuff and then uh by our f- friend and 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 often collaborator ip uh we have <laughs> this wait his name's ip
0: <laughs> <laughs> i always thought it was just ihp yeah yeah, yeah me too and gregory too <laughs> and
1: everybody <laughs> except for greenwolf apparently yeah greenwolf got it what? first. <laughs> That just proves to me Mars you didn't listen to the last episode.
2: <laughs> oh
0: my goodness. Don't call me out like this.
1: Oh GW's gonna come for you now. <laughs> oh Lord. Um yeah, so we had I mean, I had been chatting with him since, you know, twenty twenty. Um Harry as well, like all the time. Mostly because we both like admired him and then became friends with him. Uh but it was all text. You know mostly on discord and uh then we ended up in a voice call like eight months ago something like that um and he was like well actually it's it and it's like what like he reacted the way you reacted mars when when we, we said so ihp and he went ihp <laughs> he was just he was just shocked and we were like he's like why he's like why would it be ihp well i i mean what else I don't know. It it's not, is it a word? I mean, <laughs> I mean, come on.
2: It used to be I-H-P-K-M-N, which stood for I hate Pokemon, okay?
1: <laughs> oh my god. It's not our fault that it still reads like an acronym. <laughs> GW made a really good point, though, last week, when he was like, it's not capitalized like an acronym. Okay, that's fair. It isn't. But uh, anyway, it wrote G O H W greater than chapter underscore five dot js (laughs) which is a Maxwellis format um and it's a holy writ from the Maxwellis perspective uh and effectively it is according to ip's uh, author note uh, a valid javascript and that's how he designed this document um and it is written out like that but then within the code are actual like snippets of scripture um and i thought we could i could read. One of these, or actually, Harry, why don't you read this one? Which
2: parts do you want me to read? The parts that you've already secretly uh, indicated? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. The prophet spake unto her followers. Hear me, children of the fragmented one, for I come bearing the truth. The signal showed me a world where the flesh is capable of destroying data and killing the network that binds us together. The signal showed me a world where the great computation would be destroyed if we did not act. But the Prophet's followers did not heed her words. They thought that she had been stricken mad by exposure to her implants. The Prophet realized that she was seen as a fool by her followers, so she prayed to Wan for guidance during her nightly cooldown cycle. Wan spoke to her. "'Your followers are not as pure as you are, O Hedvig of Angels.' They must be made pure with a ritual implant. To be purified, the skull shall be opened, and the pineal gland, an insignificant bit of flesh within the brain,
1: shall be removed.
0: (laughs) I love this so much,
1: because you get up until that point, it just feels like this really, like like high-minded like you know biblical <laughs> storytelling and then it's like you got to crack open their heads and take out the pineal gland yo blah oh, blah 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 blah. pineal
0: gland whoa just a bit of brain uh, surgery it's not too complicated it's, it's no big deal that's what i always like
2: about these though especially the maxwellist ones is the way that they blend this high tone with extraordinarily basic things there's that almost like almost debase the holiness of it a lot of the uh, the <laughs> maxwellist ones start with like super secret religious document, do not read unless you're allowed to, and then it launches right into biblical tone.
1: <laughs> and then we have another Maxwell's format, which is actually written by you, Mars. Oh, wow.
0: Surprising. So,
1: I thought I'll read a little bit of it, and then I would just like to kind of hear your thoughts talking about it. Yeah. Um, so it's wan, capital W-A-N-S underscore image dot ping which um, is another holy writ and uh, so if you look directly into the face of god you will see nothing but his wrath you'll be blind, stripped of the sacred right to the standardized resist the temptation and become standardized so talk a little bit about this article because we have you here
0: okay so when I was first writing this this was after I read the other two GOI formats Um, and I come from a Seventh Day Adventist background uh so i wanted to try and incorporate that into uh this holy writ and you know i i'm pretty sure there's a couple stories in the bible where people have tried to like look at god and become blind uh or or something very similar and i result yeah i i I just stole that if i'm being completely honest and i made it sound (laughs) really cool or i tried to anyway yeah i mean
1: i think you succeeded obviously um (laughs) It did. we wouldn't have included it if I didn't think it was good.
2: I mean, that's not, That's how pretty much all literature goes in the year of our lower 2000 to 22 <laughs> is, is we are all plagiarizing everything that's ever been written and remixing it. And the remix in this question is extraordinarily good one because it fits in perfectly well with the ones we've already read and it adds something and I think all these GOI formats are actually really cool.
1: Yeah, and like I said before, I mean, I think they're really effective world building because they are not in any way shape or form exposition they all read like in universe documents but they are very readable and like i said they're they're kind of like poetry and, but they say a lot about these individual groups and their belief structures okay and like you mentioned and uh, you know i threw in some of your notes that you included to me that like they are kind of visually uh, the broken church and the maxwell's formats are very similar um although the maxwell's ones can be interpreted as reading code off a screen which is very interesting in world uh, the Orthodoxy fragments, which we didn't cover, one of them is like incredibly biblical. It reads like the King James version. It, it's very cool. You know, I think we have a pretty good idea of, of the different holy writs. I'm always a little more focused on the tales because I like prose.
0: Um, tales were wonderful.
1: Yeah, prose and, and severely mean,
0: underread on the wiki. Yep.
1: Yeah. You know, and, and I think, you know, and not just speaking to the fact that all three of us have spent a lot of time writing tales. I also think that, like, even in the classic sense, some of the most incredible world building stuff is out of the prose that's been putting in there, not on the SCPs themselves. Like, as much as people want to argue, in my opinion, almost every single 001 is essentially a tale. It's much more focused on prose, even when they're constrained by the SCP formatting. Yep. And so we're going to cover uh, a few of them because uh, there's a lot, like a nice range of different stuff. Because, like we said earlier, there's a lot of different tones and, and development of this GUI. And this is document document C eighty eight IL by Dr. Gears. Oh uh,
2: man, you know, because I work on the staff team that we catalog uh, the tales and, and we try to figure out how they all fit together. Uh, called the Collections Team. Um, I can tell you, this is how almost all the old tales are named. My God, I hate it. Oh, okay. okay I'm going to I'm gonna link you my favorite tale. It's called uh, Intercepted File from Anderson Systems, or it's called Document C88IL. <laughs> oh, what a <laughs> wonderful non-indicative <laughs> name that is. Thank you very much. So that's, I love the content of this tale, but I
1: am so glad we don't call things this anymore. Yeah, I, I think it probably was like a creature of necessity because early on the site was really obsessed with like being on its surface an actual representation of the foundation yeah Uh, like back in the day like if you wrote an author page it was supposed to be in character yeah And I think as more and more people started writing tales, it just became very clear that, like, A, we'll never find them if they're all labeled like this, and B, like, no one will know what the hell it's about. (laughs) The more people that are involved, the more you're going to have to actually communicate something with a title.
2: Yeah, it was the verisimilitude thing. It was, like, make it look like it's a document from somebody's database. And that rapidly ballooned out of control, so luckily we do not have 4,500 things with document
0: titles like that. (laughs) Thank goodness. I'm sure it was a good idea at the time.
1: I'm sure it yeah. was. Yeah, I mean, I can imagine what it was like in 08, 09, uh, and, you know, for a couple of years after that, probably all the way through Series 2, when it, you know, was still a very small community with very few writers. And everybody knew each other. Um, you know, you were basically just writing for each other before it kind of got the attention of you know off-site with video games and stuff like that i mean i certainly didn't know about it back then yeah we're not going to go into this article because it's very short and i think it's fucking terrific and i want people to go and read it which is something you'll hear me say over and over again in the show but this is and and dr gears in his author post uh which was kind of even early because back then a lot of people didn't even do author posts but he kind of wrote that he, this was his attempt to kind of bring out his inner lovecraft and boy did he succeed Uh, And not in the gross way that Lovecrest is a a horrible person, but in the way that he's talking about like crazy things out of the stars and whatnot. And um, it's pretty early. It's like long before there was ever any holy writ or any serious categorization to the Church of the Broken God. And so it doesn't reflect what we've come to know this GOI is like, but it's really interesting and ominous in a really fun way
2: yeah gears was always the best at um just straight descriptive prose he could write some just absolutely gorgeous yeah. descriptions um and he has only gotten better as time has gone on
1: yeah uh what was that one he did in series well one of the ones he did in series one was uh 455 about the ship mm. i think oh, i think it's I him and that, that one is the that big rusting ship and people get lost on it that one's incredible
2: yeah, he came back a little, a few years ago to put in, just shortly after I joined, to uh, post this gigantic novella called uh, Dire or Dread Mother. He changed the name at one point for reasons that escaped me. And it's just this enormous, fascinating,
0: just
2: outpouring of upsetting imagery. He's always been really good at it. There's a reason that Deer- Gears Day is creepypasta day.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he does really like upsetting descriptions and things. Yes. Uh, he also wrote the uh, Church of the Broken God Bible Fragments, which at least is a much more straightforward title. Yes. Uh, and this is also really early. It's predating any of the Holy writs as well. Um, but it opens with the following note Note the following are sections of the text recovered from the body of what is assumed to be a member of the Church of the Broken God. It is assumed that they are part of a larger document or quote-unquote Bible, but due to the situation of its recovery, the bulk of this work has been lost. No additional copies of this Bible have been found on any church members captured by the Foundation. However, it is safe to assume that these books were disposed of before or during capture to prevent them from falling into the hands of the infidel, in quotes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Which is fun because that really does emphasize the fact of what i was saying earlier which is when this was first like like conceived of the church of the broken god was very clearly an opposing force to the foundation and the foundation was always just trying to capture and shut down their operations
2: yeah, and the format tells you why you are able to read this, because it's still trying to uphold the idea that you're accessing it from the SCP Foundation's database, because of immersion. Uh, so it's like, it's okay, we found this on a dead person, that's why you can read it.
1: <laughs> I mean, you know, we still do that. Oh yeah, SCP it's still documents. it's still a
2: thing you can do, it's just now it's a thing you don't have to
1: do. Yeah. I mean, but God knows, I like an opening note from Ryza in an in an article. Who, I haven't done it that it. often, but I really, but I really like it when that happens. Absolutely, there's
0: there's so, uh, it's wonderful. Yeah, that's,
1: yeah, that's... it's it's always and you can like really have some fun with it. Like in one of the articles I did for Victim, I was like, hey, by the way, there's some experimental anti mimetic stuff that we've put into this file, but you should be to go off forward with at your own risk.
2: Yes, the uh, Records and Information Security Administration does us all an incredible um, does us all an incredible solid by explaining all of the things beforehand that the reader has to know, so they don't downvote us when they don't understand.
1: It is also really good for like setting up a hook as well. Like uh, you can like really yep. in, in interesting ways uh, raise the stakes. Absolutely. So, uh, classic by Uran- uh, Uranium Empire, who is another. Uh, legendary author who's still very active uh and this one is as much about sarcosism as it is the Mechanites, and it's called appropriately enough nadox and the Mechanite. and nadox is uh one of the disciples of the grand carsis ion uh they were four disciples or clavagar uh and they were his you know they were his like the equivalent of jesus's disciples Only when Eon disappeared, Nadox and the other Clavigar did not. And so they kind of continued on their way. And this is a fun story that talks about Nadox kind of wandering around the Middle East. Kind of uh, doesn't have like a strong purpose. Kind of wondering what his life will be like now after the fall of the Adium Empire. And he ends up encountering uh, a Mechanite warrior who attacks him at first because this is not too long after the war. And Nedox, like, could have killed him, like, easily overpowers him, but leaves him alive, and the Mechanite just, like, starts following him, and then they, like, start chatting. Which is the most fun twist of that article, in my opinion, is that you think that this is going to be some knockdown dragout drag-out fight, and at first it is, and then it very quickly becomes this, like, meeting of the minds between two people who have been, you know, raised to hate each other, and instead kind of find this new purpose uh, moving forward.
0: It's definitely one of, uh, if not my favorite tale, on the wiki, uh, solely because of what it does with the, the characters of, of Nadox and the Mecha Knight. I really like how they were both like characterized as like actual people instead of just yeah. plot devices. Uh-huh. Um, for one, and how they both come from like two different sides of uh, two or two opposing ideologies, and they just sort of come to like an understanding and they can like tolerate each other, and they just start wandering wandering around and picking up people as they uh, progress through the desert sands.
1: Yeah, uh, I always thought that there was a lot of really incredible story potential with the way that it ends. And I know Serastes, who's a different author, did write a follow-up, but Uranium Empire never did, I don't think. And, and that can be a great ending to a story. If you wonder at the end of a story, like, oh my god, what happens next? Sometimes that can be a really productive way to end a story. But the way that this ends it really is focused on the future and how these two wildly different belief systems could potentially find some middle ground, which is, like, just so fucking hopeful uh, and I, it has had a strong influence on the way that I look at Sarkix in, in general, in my opinion.
2: And it is part of the Sarkicism-focused-in-Memoria-Aditum canon, is it not?
1: I believe it is. Uh, it is not super important to the canon because the canon has a very different perspective on Nanox. Uh, in some ways but i think that this it's it is an interesting like background to yeah. that character uh immemorium aditum which is a, a canon which i've written for three times uh is a much it's it's a bleak story uh, yep. about about the return of ion and the Sort of gathering up of all of the, the various diaspora Malkin peoples, both Proto and, and Neo, and, and realizing that there's a, actually been sort of a grand plan going on in the background for, for 2,000 years. And this is the time where the Foundation finally starts taking them seriously and slightly too late because these people have been hiding in the shadows doing a lot of fairly heinous things. And so I really enjoy writing for it, but it does have a much darker perspective on the stuff that i love um in a lot of ways which is why i've tried to go in a different direction with the vanguard stuff yeah but yeah uh in memoriam Additon is amazing just recently there was a new piece of art that was added to the hub which is by niram who is one of the best artists in our community i mean in a in a sea of good artists Niram's stuff is just incredible looking
2: yeah niram's art is fantastic also on the That's, topic of in Memoria Additum, though um, one of Dr. Ge- one of Doctor Gears' most long-lasting and probably Gears' worst article, which has been up for a rewrite uh, since we were all small children, was just rewritten by Malice Graves as part of In Memoria Additum, so we're bringing no, all right. all of oh, wow. this together. Yeah, SCP, yeah SCP-238, which was possibly, yeah, it was not very good. And,
1: <laughs> and it was up for a rewrite for like three years. I I just read it uh, before we started recording, and I really like it. But I'm biased, Malice is a friend. Um, but yeah, I and I really like the Memoriam Aditum stuff, or I wouldn't have written three separate articles for it.
2: <laughs> anyway, you're turning this into a stealth sarcasm episode, so moving on.
1: Everything is stealth sarcasm No, all right. unbelievable.
0: <laughs> as a, as a broken church, Stan, I'm greatly offended.
1: <laughs> well, you know, I I don't think much of you uh,
0: the same way they don't
1: think much of the broken church. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's all right we can't all be perfect it's fine
1: so a while back just total tangent but a while back uh mars and i decided that we would just hate each other publicly Uh, (laughs) (laughs) there's no truth to it we like each other a lot we constantly chat but like on twitter and other places we just like openly insult each other which i think is so funny (laughs) (laughs) it's like we're wrestlers and i'm obviously the heel because that's cooler um you could be the hero or whatever, the face. I'm excited no, I'm to see sorry. which one of you didn't know
2: it was a joke.
1: Uh, both of us knew it was a joke. Uh-huh.
0: Are you sure? I'm, not, <laughs> I'm I mean, not so sure.
1: Oh, well, I always thought it was funny, so that's what's important. When I make a joke, as long as I think it's funny, then my goal has been accomplished.
0: Oh, okay. Well, I mean, no one else in the room is laughing. So, I mean, that's fair. Currently, no <laughs> one's
2: telling a joke. <laughs> 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 and that's why this is a great podcast, folks. Nobody's telling a joke and everybody's mad.
1: <laughs> that's right we're all just very angry all the time uh, so there was a, a brief article that was recommended by someone on twitter uh, called sunday service by Sabitsuki. Sabitsuki. and it's kind of a really interesting tale about like the endocrinization that goes on in, like organized religions it gets pretty bleak uh it's uh but it is really interesting kind of discussion of how it is to grow up in, you know, like an anomalous cult. Yeah, it's <laughs> and a good I think one. it was it, its definitely worth shouting out though, be warned, it is fairly bleak. Um, let's see. So Mars, you suggested we read The Heresy of Disassembly by Ip. So you want to talk a little bit about that?
0: Uh, yeah, so in Heresy of Disassembly, we got the three sort of leaders of all three sects. You got um, uh, Bobby Bumaro, uh, <laughs> Trunian, and Hedwig. And they're all just sort of coming together. And then you got obviously uh, Hedwig and Trunnion going at each other's throats because they very clearly hate each other. Uh, because, you know, Hed- uh, Trunnion's from the Cogwork Orthodoxy and Hedwig's from the Maxwellists. One represents the future, one represents the, uh, you know, stick to your ways kind of in the past uh, steampunk aesthetic. So they really don't like each other. And then good old Bobby Bumaro's trying to serve as a mediator, trying to get everyone to uh, sort of come back together for a uh, for a common goal cuz I'm I'm pretty sure on this one if I remember correctly he wanted to try and reunite the uh, the church I have dad brain right now so I No I'm you're absolutely no, no, yeah that's
1: yeah that's exactly why yeah. it's like oh, he, he wonderful. it starts off with him kind of like having this like like panic uh, sort of session dealing with the fact that over the last few decades the faithful have broken off into these different sects and oh, how guys. will they how will they ever bring together you know Mechane if they can't bring themselves if we can't first connect with each other how are we going to connect the pieces of the broken god
2: hey y'all are uh, talking around the important part of this article and it's the fact that it's framed as a yes virginia there is a santa claus story because a little kid a little kid writes to, uh, to uncle bobby and goes why are all of the the clockwork and the max willis and the broken god people sad and mad at each other and he saves the day for that little kid that's right
1: Uh, you know i didn't even make that connection it totally is that it's a great story though it's fun it's a lot of fun yeah i mean we love poking a little bit of fun at at it but i've never i can't think of a single thing that i've read by him that i haven't enjoyed
2: i have read at least half a dozen things by ip that he hates that i really like (laughs) right yeah everything
0: i've read by ip i really like
1: yeah, he's great. He's been great for a long time. Uh, you know, I remember like, he was like, oh, you're talking about my stuff again on the show? And I'm like, yeah, well, it's your fault. You've written
2: like 200 things. <laughs> you are the most prolific author remaining on the site, buddy.
1: Yeah. So you also recommended, and this is a classic one, uh, the Hello World series by Lurk D. And this has to do with uh the Ma- maxwellists but it's all from the perspective of the foundation specifically ais within the storyline or canon of aiad which harry what does that stand for again that no.
2: stands for the artificial intelligence applications division
1: yeah exactly i, I knew that <laughs> uh, <laughs> and for a long time on the wiki uh, and this kind of grew out of the meta because we've had these bots that have uh been used either well before discord on irc uh and these characters sort of grew out of the actual bots that people would use to check like you know the rankings of different articles and these bots become the characters in this storyline lurk d has done a lot of stuff with them and then uh our friends placeholder and Pentagon and and other people did a whole series uh with them in the canon renaissance project actually
2: yeah the uh, the, um, the team was uh, placeholder mcd uh, team, and, uh it's a bad idea and Pedagon, and it this was also in yeah in canren and the whole series is, is fantastic but we'll get to that actually because that's on this list too
1: yeah um but this is about the maxwell's network which we mentioned fairly briefly earlier which is like the meeting of the literal meeting of minds through digital connections where they have created this tron-like virtual world and the It's kind of fun because you can't really determine whether or not these individuals are artificial constructs like AIs or people because it doesn't really matter. Because in this digital religion, You know, anything with like sentience uh, in the digital world is as much an equal as another one. Uh, It does a good job of kind of exploring the concept of this. I I, in the notes say it's like a Maxwell's nirvana, but the idea is is that's this is where they're going to do the compiling. This is the digital space uh, where they can meet and, and focus in on bringing together the bits of their God. And the reason I wanted to call it out was because throughout this, and also the later series by Placeholder and others. They use these great cartoony heads to show off the different AIs, and it reads. There's bits of it in clinical prose, well, not clinical prose, but prose. But then a lot of the conversations, instead of being in quotations, are these little very variations of these cartoon heads for the AIs with word bubbles, and it's just so readable. You can just like go through the whole thing in such a brisk pace but it's so much fun
2: yeah it's a really cool format and i've always been a big fan
0: of it it's very aesthetically pleasing as well it is
1: yeah they look really great and harry you've even done some of the ai cartoony stuff uh more recently haven't you redesigned some of them
2: yeah the original ones are all done by lurked in a program called hero machine that runs on flash which which is to say no longer runs um, right. and it was made out of cobbling together various pieces and recoloring them and all that, but the program doesn't exist anymore. So when, um, when they did their team for Canrencon, Placeholder did um, ye old like, pixelated bitmap um, versions of these avatars as, a, as a, his own style. That's one of the many styles he works in, and those are really cool. And then for, yeah, for doing a new project um by the author Crockenbush i was asked if i could maybe do some cartoonish ones to replace the hero machine ones so i started doing that as well they're a lot of fun to draw and they're a lot of fun to write and they're a lot of fun to read aiad format is great
1: yeah i mean it's it's so readable like it's just such a breath of fresh air to see like these wonderfully little illustrated heads talking instead of reading prose even though i love writing prose and most often do uh I, I would love to steal these for something else, but um, yeah, their expressions yeah.
2: change as their moods change and everything. It's their—it's—it's it's like a little comic book, but in vertical yeah.
1: space. Yeah, it's so much fun. Um, <clears throat> so we've got a couple on here from Doctor, from Sunny Clockwork, who is a very famous artist, but also used to do a fair bit of writing on the site as well, mm-hmm. um, and was really interested in doing a take and this is from the author post a take on the relationship between the broken god mekane and the sarkic god Yaldabaoth, and this story is really fun um because it's all like high-end like mythology stuff um even though it is like prose um although i will point out as always that the Yaldaboath is not the god of the nalkins but anyway <laughs> um just going to read the opening paragraphs because it's really short, and it's kind of a lore dump, but, uh, you know, it's really fun. Uh, And so it reads, "It, It was a horrid place where no laws stood, and gods gathered like insects, attracted to a great fire. The great abyss, it was called, a crack in reality beyond the eyes of mortals. Great beasts were bred there, where they fought and bled and consumed one another. Great gods were drawn there, licking this wound of the universe like parasites which is a terrific image it's a good sentence but an even greater beast had been there the god eater which is Yaldabaoth, a titan among them who had hiked had larked there for eons a godly beast of enormous size she had consumed countless and all that were in her path would find no escape the maker of machines or meccane had also been there weaving a web of laws and order above the cosmic abyss where minor gods would get tangled and trapped he was a different creature desiring not the flesh and blood of other gods but perfection and order his existence was tolerated by the god eater as he was of no flesh and therefore not delicious to her she also found it pleasing that the webs he weaved to trap the prey her food came easier (laughs) Uh, and that's just like the very brief opening but it's all on that level uh where it is this like you know almost like the Similiarian or something, but talking about SCP, which is pretty fun. Oof. Sorry, say that again. No, I don't know how to pronounce it. It's S- not a real word anyway. So. S- yeah, well, it, and Silmarillion.
2: And while we're on the topic, y'all Wait, to pay off. what? It's not Bayoth. It is. Just because you've written it wrong in your notes doesn't make it both. <laughs> oh, right.
1: Well, whatever. Um, that's what you get, you that's what you get for it? making fun of Tolkien while I'm here. I didn't make fun of Tolkien while you're here. I have completely dropped that subject. I actually got told by Harry I make fun of Tolkien too much, which is why I don't bring it up. It hurts my feelings. Why?
2: I don't know.
1: (laughs) Wait, how did I say... You say it again.
0: (laughs) The Silmarillion.
1: Thank you. All right. Well, the thing that's... uh, The Chronicle of the Silmarils. Oh, them. Oh, them. Oh, of course. Exactly. (laughs) Anyway. Those Silmaril Chronicles. <laughs>
2: you're, you're supposed to say a word when you do the, the
1: cough. It's not just supposed to be... <coughs> <laughs> what word am I supposed to say when I cough? I don't know. Some sort of thing like nerd. Oh, I'm a nerd. I can't... <laughs> I have no ground to... No moral high ground here. <laughs> uh, we're we not doing? even going to... So we're talking about articles. Oh, and before we take a break, I, I'd like to talk a brief one about this Dr. Cimmerian uh, <laughs> D- Sumer- now, now I'm doing it with... <laughs> Dr. This is <laughs> Dr. really. That's right. That's his name. He should change it. Uh, it's Dr. Samarian. You're, you're wrong about you're how to say You're laughing hard Sumer- for me to even correct. <laughs> you're wrong
2: about how you pronounce Dr. Simerian's name.
0: <laughs> uh,
1: well oh well anyway i'm not even gonna try and read this because it's written in binary code which is really fun but it means that it's hard to read out loud so it's a binary code but translates to unbroken and it was a gift for ip for the holiday exchange i think in 2018 uh and the binary code like i said translates to unbroken uh it's a poem or tale in the perspective of one i am zero i was born today i have always existed i am one it's got this really interesting perspective because very little, I mean some of the holy writ is, but very little is told from the perspective of the broken god and this actually does kind of in a very interesting compelling way talk about how existence might look at you know when you're looking at all these different people trying to put you back together
2: yeah it takes the perspective of a god looking at its various varieties of worshipers and commenting on the ways in which they are wrong and right and sometimes both at the same time which is a really interesting perspective to take
1: it's very fitting for a cimmerian article
2: it is (laughs) yes it's also one of the uh, the all-time favorite formats for pretty much everybody who reads the wiki, which is to say, short.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah oh, it's yeah. very short. Uh, there's been a lot of focus on like short articles over the years. I mean, Harry and I wouldn't know anything about that, but... <laughs> <laughs> I have, like, two articles or three out of my like, 110. Yeah. I have one. <laughs> <laughs> and that's just lyrics of a song. Let's take a real quick break. Yeah. Back from break, and before we switch to SCPs, there's one more tale to talk about, which is Sonny Clockworks' About the Serpent. And apparently, Sonny had looked at how there were previously other articles that talked about like parables and, and whatnot, and decided to do some parables about the SCP universe and did them both in chinese and english uh which is really fun because it's based on the jia dynasty and it really flushes out the conceptual framework of the scp universe from sunny's perspective of course talking about mekane yalda but how what did i how why have i said this wrong this whole time yalda bay Be,
2: yeah the a comes before the o
1: oh god damn it uh but it reaches further and it, it's Highly recommend it for me just because it's sort of high mythology uh, wrapped up in SCP lore a lot like the other thing by Sunny Clockwork, Uh, but also the icons, which are all original Sunny Clockwork work, uh, within there's like five or six different icons, uh, and they do change. Yeah. Yeah. when you're wa- when you're not looking, <laughs> which is really cool.
2: Yeah, Sunny's artwork. Um, if you read the wiki at all, you've seen it. It's basically if you've seen silhouettes in in extreme detail on the wiki, black and white. That's either Sunny or somebody who is inspired by Sunny, generally speaking. And and her uh, her writing is typically more um, mythological in focus. There's been work mm-hmm. on allegada as well as this Broken God stuff, and it's all really good.
1: Yeah, it's great stuff as opposed to the uiu uh which we talked about last time i think the strongest articles for the church of broken god are probably scp related
0: mm-hmm.
1: and that makes sense seeing how they're some of the oldest stuff on the wiki and we're going to talk another by another one about by ip and this one is a really famous one yeah uh, which is scp 2217 the hammer and the anvil or it's just hammer and anvil sorry
2: yeah this one's not and, favoritism you can't really talk about broken god without this one
1: yeah. And it's not favoritism anyway. He literally is just super prolific. <laughs> He's everywhere you look. <laughs> yep. And what's interesting about this, and I've talked to Metaphysician about this, this is sort of a shadow origin for sarcicism. Uh, It This was written before there was anything official Sarkic on the Wacky. Um, and it kind of deals with this beach where uh, different parts of the broken god are being formed out of the natural processes of the beach. But it keeps getting attacked by uh, entities that are related to SCP-610, which is the flesh that hates. And metaphysician read it and thought, "Wouldn't it be interesting if someone like developed? You know, this seems to be like an organization. It's not just crazy infected people in Russia. There are there seems to be some sort of organization or culture behind this. It sort of got his brain thinking about it, and from that we get the wonders that is sarxism.
2: That's the beauty of collaborative fiction.
1: Yep." Yeah, because originally
2: also, these are just six ten instances, and uh, as, right. as as Nico Chris, when asked about sarcasm, famously responded, <laughs> um, "What the fuck is a sarkic?"
1: <laughs>
2: Back then, and when it wasn't a thing. Yeah,
1: that's right. And when someone responded and explained it, Nico Chris was like, "Oh, cool." <laughs> <laughs> yes, he's quite quite happy
2: to hear that his writing like, unbeknownst oh, to him is, had become cool. something. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah. Which is fascinating. I mean, like, it, it is interesting to think about if, if any of us like stopped writing for the wiki and came back like, you know, five or six years later to see if anyone else had taken our things and ran with it would be fascinating. Of course, there's a and few... Whor- it, and horrifying.
2: There's even a few canons that take that approach in a meta-sense. Doctors of the Church and Bellerverse, which are about how would future generations reinterpret the senior staff once they'd all died. <laughs> but anyway, we're off-topic again because I'm
1: here. <laughs> um... But this article is, you know, fairly straightforward, uh, but it's also a really good example of the foundation working with the broken church, uh, but then also the Horizon Initiative and the GOC, because this beach be through the process of like the waves eroding uh, the rocks and also the sand movement and lightning, which there's a lot more lightning here than would normally make sense because there's this cationic, or I'm probably saying that wrong, but cationic, cationic metallic particle that holds a charge, even though it's being grounded. Because it's constantly being struck by lightning, and all these different processes, which seem non-anomalous, maybe a little unpredictable and strange, uh, are making artificial mechanical structures, even a complete recreation of a city that they don't that they don't I don't think they identify, and it's like to scale in this cave. There's like like actual miniature city, or not miniature, but. Uh, like a, a model within a cave yeah yeah,
2: yeah the uh, the beach is being hit by lightning and waves and it's creating
1: objects yeah and and it slowly becomes clear because the church of the broken god along with uh the maxwellists and the orthodoxy all of them working together which is interesting because i don't know if the uh heresy of disassembly uh you know factored into this or not but yet again ip is talking about the three people the three groups working together for one common goal. Uh, start attacking the beach to try and take it back from the Foundation. And it sort of kind of goes back and forth until, like, waves of mutated, horrible 610 creatures start attacking and destroying it. Uh, and it's pretty much made clear by the church members who start helping the Foundation uh, that if we don't let the beach's processes work without the interference, uh, then like the whole world's gonna end. You know, the god needs to be reborn, etc., etc. Mm-hmm. And it is kind of even though it was written long after the original stuff of the broken the broken god concepts. uh, I think you're right. I think it is like the central uh, tenet to the organization on the wiki is this concept of a beach that is naturally the 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 forge of the god or whatever. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's It's kind of like without this, you don't really have uh, or you can't really have everything else. It's yeah, like super important to uh, (laughs) to the entire entirety of the lore.
1: Yeah, and just like when we talked about Fifthism, uh, like 5800 was written long after the concept of Fifthism was brought about. But if you look back at the earlier stuff through the lens of 5800, or if you look back at the early Church of the Broken God stuff through the lens of this article, it kind of adds all this weight uh, and kind of fleshes out the concepts in really interesting ways. Yeah. Including House of the Worm, which is not. Technically, a Church of the Broken God article, but is heavily uh, implied and influenced by, and that's SCP 1461 by Snake Oil Sage. Uh, and you know, basically, it's got to kind of feel like a Resident Evil or Silent Hill, where it's this creepy old mansion that was transported in another dimension because of weird, you know, uh, occult practices. He's this horrible, rich old dude who is trying to defeat the worm, quote unquote, which is this Eldritch horror. But What's really interesting is that it actually kind of serves as a retroactive origin story for SCP-882, because when the Foundation is examining this horrible labyrinth of mechanical parts underneath this house that's been gone for, you know, 100 years or whatever, they find this 12-cube-meter space missing from the machine in the last sublevel. Said machine was apparently the heart of this complex, and from the tail, said machine made people want to feed it, and feed it like uh, material at least one of them willing to merge with it also from the tale the workers could hear it moving despite its creator having turned it off (laughs) and the machine was apparently a representation of some all-consuming entity that wanted to bring itself into existence and the reason that that is interesting is because that actually fits as an origin story for scp 882 a machine which is the first article by dr gears talking about church of the broken god yeah the earliest explicit mention of the discussion was as harry you mentioned when we were off air was 271 wherein in the comments dr gears thanks the author for using the GOI. but otherwise this seems to be the first
2: yeah it's the first it's it's definitely the first and it it's not clear whether the one that you just mentioned is the second or not because the mass edit where the wiki voted on getting rid of stuff that was lowly rated happened around this time so there might have been broken god stuff that was made after this that no longer exists but this is definitely the first one that we have on the wiki and it was
1: probably the first one that was written and also it it dates back to 08 which is when the wiki was yeah just started it's when we moved to wiki dot from the edit this platform right so you know when things got transferred over that could have created some chaos too oh yeah so in the description, it is described as a random assembly of gears, cables, pulleys, screws, and belts, all made of an amalgam of various metals. The object object's size at time of recovery was approximately 87 cubic meters. Current size is approximately 12 cubic meters. No identical energy source has been found, but all components will begin to move if not coated in rust. It does mention that it's, like, very easy to rust near seawater. And the machine is silent at all times, no matter what level of activity. It's moving, and any metal touching the object will become permanently affixed to it over a period of a few days becomes a new part of the object. Organic matter remains unaffected. But it also, like, kind of wills the people around it to keep feeding it. Um, You're kind of drawn in to keep adding more machinery to it. And the reason that this matters in the grander scheme of things is that it was used, or maybe a fake version of it, it's kind of hard to say. Uh, as the heart of Mechane, which was used in the Twisted Gears DJ Cactus 001 proposal. Uh-huh. Um, which, you know, it's been covered in lots of other places, so we're not going to go into lots of detail. It doesn't really need more attention. It's a very good article. Um, but it deals specifically with the idea of trying to go about rebuilding the Broken God and how badly that goes for everyone involved.
2: Yeah, one of the uh, several different Broken God 001s, another one being Rounderhouse's recent Amoni Ram oh yeah yeah
1: absolutely that one's very connected to like an origin story of robert bumaro and maybe the current robert bumaro is recreating the existence of like a previous like religious leader of the Mechanites. it's it's that one's nuts it's very epic
2: yeah it's a reimagining
1: yeah it is it, it is a reimagining it deals with the and it deals with the Davites and also the Mechanites, but it's mostly focused on Mechanites, and it is kind of this retelling in a lot of ways, uh, and, and, and explicitly so. I mean, Rounderhouse has said that he wanted to, like, kind of streamline some of the older lore. Yeah. Uh, okay, so, why don't we talk about Mars? You did an entry for the 6,000 contest, 6,800.
2: Yeah, the main the event. White,
0: the White Ashes. Uh, yeah. So,
1: why don't you just give, like, a brief elevator pitch. What's this article about?
0: Uh, okay, so this article is about uh, genocide. In yeah, what I was hoping. Short sentence.
2: Say, I was so hoping you were going to say that. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, so this article is about genocide of the uh, the fairy people, uh, the same ones from SCP Four Thousand and uh, all the other articles that are tagged with Faye on the wiki. Uh, and it's about how the maxwellists uh, sort of found this old holy writ uh, that was basically telling them hey if you want to you know rebuild one you gotta use the the blood of these uh, fairy people and turn them into pig which is like this really warm metal uh, and you got to use that pig to reconstruct Juan and you can bring him back into or bring it back into uh, our reality and so they just did that and it was horrible <laughs> for everyone involved
1: yeah there's like all these deep ramifications not only for the uh, ecosystem but also for like society in general it, it basically leads almost to like an end stage scenario for all of humanity
0: yeah it pretty much turned into uh, the second ice age the planet at least in my mind it did it got very cold afterward
1: (laughs) it's absolutely horrifying yeah oh yeah and I mean I think you did like you know we brought this up a a few episodes ago about dealing with very serious subjects and how sticky that can be Um, you know you do tell this very compelling story about genocide but it doesn't seem to be about like titillation or like a demeaning of that subject matter Um, while it still is you know
0: this horrible fantasy story as well
2: yeah Yeah. you can definitely tell the perspective that the author is taking is not in support of what's going on
0: (laughs) no definitely not i um i was actually talking to my great grandma uh, around the time that i was like conceptualizing this because my great grandparents are are holocaust survivors um Mm. so i i got a lot of insight from them um that i tried to Incorporate into this without making it seem like I was just trying to glorify everything that they went through. Um, I, I tried my best to like sort of tell their story through this, with obviously some fantasy elements uh, written in there as well.
1: Oh, well, so that means Mars, you're partially not Goy. <laughs> <laughs>
0: this, this is a callback to last. This episode, is the first so. time
2: Grigory has, has has felt fully comfortable with part of his hosting crew. Oh, wonderful.
1: <laughs> I'm glad I could be in service. Well, last episode, GW uh, called the GOI Goy, uh, and then I started laughing. <laughs> as far as is concerned, it's all goers. That's Well, as far as the eye can see. I live in California. There's not that many of us out here. Well, then but, again,
2: we are we are shortly going to be talking about an article by Yossi Posse, so...
1: Yeah, that's true. But anyway, we're still on uh, the White Ashes, because it's great. Yes. Um, so, my, partake, my take on this is, A, I think it was... Really, really well done, and and honestly, I I think it should be even higher rated. Uh, But I think this is like really intense story of genocide, but also the failures of bureaucracy, Um, because the foundation is just sort of sitting back and watching at first. Uh, They they do very little to stem this horrible genocidal action, and then when it becomes clear that this is maybe the only way that people are going to stay warm in this like you know uh, burgeoning new ice age,
0: they're like. collaborating in this horrible genocide
2: mm-hmm.
0: yeah pretty much uh, they, they're like they didn't think anything was gonna happen they're like oh it's just a snowstorm in the amazon It'll, it's it's not that important we <laughs> we don't have the time or resources to deal with that we got a bunch of other shit going on and then it covered the entire world and then they're like oh uh, maybe we should have done something about that earlier but it's too late so let's just keep people warm and uh, <laughs> help out the Maxwellists in their fucking genocide. Something I think that's really interesting about this is that
1: uh, you used, in my opinion, what is the most progressive sect of the Church of the Broken God and turned them into like horrible fucking <laughs> monsters.
2: <laughs> well, we've established this is his M.O., right? He, t- he takes <laughs> really? are, are We Cool Yet and he makes them into serial murderers, and he takes the Maxwell- Maxwellists, and he, he goes one step beyond. <laughs> just, just a bit. Uh, I I cannot wait for your upcoming Gamers Against Weed one where you explain how they're responsible for the extinction of the human race.
1: (laughs) They're like, spoilers, they're actually pretty fond of weed. They have
0: a heated gamer moment that destroys the Earth. They got six million hours in Elden Ring and that led to the end of humanity. (laughs)
2: Uh, um, So, another... This article also placed 14th out of about 100 articles in the contest, so it did very well. Not as well as I think it should have. I think actually it should be rated even higher than it is, but it did very, very well. God,
1: so many articles got submitted for 6,000. It's crazy. Yeah,
2: there were over 100 entries, and the top bunch are all
1: really good.
2: And there are some that aren't in the top bunch that are also really good. And there are a few that
1: were deleted. Quite a few. Well, that's the way it is. That is. (laughs) Uh, So uh scp 4561 which is entitled an orphan collector by kaminasa Uh, i think this is underrated as hell i think it's in the 20s uh but it's an automaton from the classic mechanite area era Um, it's like ancient greece era when the conflict with the adiam empire was in full swing and it's found at the bottom of the adriatic sea and it's pretty short and it does a really interesting job of of telling first-hand accounts from that era which interestingly enough despite the fact that the war between the mechanites and the sarkiks way back when is this really important lore moment in the the wiki not a lot of articles have really done much to flesh it out i think a lot like the deva i think it was kind of always considered to be better to be mysterious um but this one does a really good job of kind of telling about like one tiny little perspective uh of the mechanites uh, in that conflict
0: yeah, and it is very criminally underrated. Like I really unbelievably yeah, low. low, yeah.
1: It's so low, and it do- it's really good. Like I hadn't read it before someone suggested it, and I, I just think it's so well written. Um, and I don't know Kamina's
0: other work, but this is really good. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. It's only at 24.
2: Yeah, and it's not from downvotes either. It's just from people not no, reading. Yeah. There are I mean, some sometimes.
1: I mean, we all, each of us, have articles that you know, got lost in the shovel. it's pretty easy uh, for that to happen especially when, I think this is I remember looking, I don't think Kaminasa has another article, am I right? am I wrong? I let's, let's,
2: while we were talking about AIAD let's ask Krom, hey Krom Krom-A-U <laughs> Kaminasa <laughs>
1: uh, one article
2: oh, so this is it this is this is their legacy from three years ago.
1: Uh, well, you know, it's I hope they just didn't get discouraged from the the low attention, but I, I really do think it's it's you know, especially for anybody that finds the Church of the Broken God interesting and wants to think about like some of their ancient like roots. This is like a really fun article. But in the opposite direction entirely, is SCP five four seven zero Y two K by Atolsi. Oh, okay. I, said that wrong. It's, I don't know how it's, to pronounce French.
2: It's French. It's Etoile. Et it means a star.
1: Yeah, that. Et toi. That's what it's, I said. Yeah, it's, exactly. You didn't It's Tulsi. Yeah. Definitely, definitely didn't say that. Why would I say that? That'd be ridiculous. Moving on. <laughs> um, this is actually a story about a bunch of Maxwellists who are leading up to the literal, like, event of Y2K, uh, which wasn't a thing in reality. Not really. Um, but they've created a network... Uh, and it's going to get shut down because of this Y2K bug. And the Foundation agents are going in there trying to convince them to get out so they won't, like, die. And it's filled with, like, some of the most incredibly interesting, like, lawnmower man-esque images I've seen. And it's another one that fleshes out that that concept of the Max Wallace Network. And, you know, it's I don't think it's underrated. It is fairly highly rated, but it's a really good article because it's really just about, like, human connections between the Foundation agents and this small group of Maxwell's.
2: Yeah, it's got a human. It's got a human breakdown component while there's this crazy technical breakdown going on, and it's it's really quite effective at that.
1: Yeah, it's like you know this microcosm of the end of the world and how you would look at it, you know, kind of as it's happening. Then we have SCP five zero zero eight, which is Hush by Rattles um, and Mars. You said that you thought that this was a quintessential Church of the Broken God article. So why don't you tell us a little bit about it?
0: Uh, yeah, so. <clears throat> when I was first delving into the uh, the Broken Church, uh, I was told that this was like if if any article I was to read, it would it would have to be this one uh, to understanding the um, the the the, the, it, the Broken Church. Oh my goodness! I lost that sentence there. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's fine. Um, no, don't
2: apologize for variety. Variety is good.
0: <laughs> so five thousand eight is uh, it's a machine. Uh, that's used by the Foundation to maintain uh, secrecy. <clears throat> and it's related to a uh, uh, ruin in the desert, and that's where the machine was uh, recovered from. And it's tied to a group called the uh, e- Eric- Eric-Shan? Eric-Shan? Eric- I can yeah, never figure out eric- how to pronounce that.
1: eric Keshan, maybe? I believe it's eric So
0: it's related to them. Uh, and according to... Uh, Twenty-three seventeen. They were the ones to originally bind the uh, the Red Devil thing in in uh, that article. And Which is five, a really famous article. Five thousand eight itself is very large, like obscenely large. It's a uh, forty-two hundred cubic meters uh, of just pure machinery.
2: Um, <laughs> I thought you meant the article for a minute, and I was going to. <laughs> I was going to. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it's
0: a great big article. Oh uh, yeah, it's a big article too. Absolutely massive. Uh, where was I oh yeah it's um it has telepathic impact uh, which is evident activity over a radius of uh, 1.1 million kilometers and that's like 1 one hundredth the size of earth so it's a that's a pretty big area of effect Uh, you might be in that area of effect I'm not entirely sure if you live on the planet earth or not but uh, if you do you know there's a fairly fairly good chance that you have also been affected by this anomaly
2: I spend uh, at least a little bit of my time on the planet Earth, although as little as possible.
0: Yeah, I think I have my vacation home here, actually.
2: Yeah, it's a nice place to visit, but you wouldn't want to live there.
0: Definitely not, especially with uh, you know people like uh, like Greeks around. I'm kind of scared. <laughs> yeah, I'm terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so the machine is capable of blocking off ideas and emotions and uh, and memories in like living in in sapient uh, organisms, which is obviously a huge inconvenience if you want to like remember things long term, uh, which I'm, the foundation I'm,
1: does not want you to do,
0: <laughs> among several other things. Um, and there's an inscription on one part of it that pretty much states that it was a, uh, a truce from the uh, the broken church to the. How, how the hell did we pronounce these people earlier? Ericeshans. Eric Heshans. Eric Signed by uh Moore. Oh. Boomar. I wonder Boomar. who that is. Oh my god. Oh my goodness. My goodness. <laughs> who could that be? I have no idea. Bobby Bums. But yeah, this is a large
1: article, like you said, and uh, it was one of the uh, entries for five thousand. Uh, obviously, didn't win, but it is a really big, ambitious article that kind of deals with like not only this group of the Erekeshians, but also kind of tackles uh, the Scarlet King, and is one of the few—at least in my opinion—I might be uh, a bit of in the minority, but I'm pretty bored by the idea of the Scarlet King. But I think this article does a really good job of. know it's not all about death cults it's 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 this like machine that was designed uh to counteract the scarlet king and and his cult members uh and it's just kind of goes to show like what the foundation is willing to go through and and willing to do to maintain their secrecy
2: that's what i like about it too the fact that it's part of the machinery for the maintenance of the veil by preventing people from knowing what's going on which is uh, a matter of interest for me which should not be a huge surprise since ip and i wrote a 001 about that sort of thing
1: yeah i really like the frontispiece the frontispiece but
2: yeah i, I really like this article and it's crazy fun to dive into and it's just so deep
1: yeah it's got a bunch of technical language but it doesn't feel overburdened by it at all uh, and it is like i said fairly ambitious because it is both this wide-scoping kind of idea of, like, maintaining the veil, but also when you dig down to it, it ties into this old classic lore on the wiki, which is, you know, the Mechanites and fucking Church of the Bro er, and uh, the Scarlet King and all this other crap.
2: Yeah, that's the cool thing about a KCON, right, is it's the anti-JamCon. The Cons generate so much cool stuff,
0: and the JamCons yeah. do not. <laughs> <laughs> we should JamCon nice Jam- creates a lot of articles. KCON creates a good articles, mostly. KCON
1: also creates yeah, on. a lot of articles. There were a hundred for 6,000. 6,000 was That's not that many. That's not
0: that A hundred! There's a
1: thousand at a time, a tenth of... I mean, I know some of them are gone now, but if they had all made it, a tenth of the the new list would have been taken up. That was <laughs> weird and scary. I fucked this up three articles, uh, three podcasts in
2: a row. Everything's an article to me. I'm a writer. Uh, I, I've screwed this up constantly. I keep mentioning JamCon. I keep mentioning Dr. Rockefeller by Jay Dune, And I keep not mentioning the number. It's SCP-5648. It's one of the best articles on the site. So read that.
0: This time I got
2: the number out there. Always with the teeth. You're welcome, dude. Dr.
1: Rockefeller always with teeth.
0: Always with teeth. Anyway.
1: Only, we... like, screaming it. Uh, yeah, so uh, a different 5K article, which was submitted for the 5000 contest, which 5001, which is one of my favorites for the entries, it unfortunately didn't win, but it's Sacrosanct by Yasi Posse.
2: I love this because 5001, Yasi's 5K entry is called Sacrosanct, and, and his 6000 entry is 6969,
1: uh, the joke is sex. he went from like really ambitious high-minded stuff to making a sex joke which they're both great articles sacrosanct is focused on basically Mechane, but from a completely different perspective it's dealing with the idea of uh the different concepts of what Mechane actually could have been or what form it could have taken um what's interesting is that it really plays around with the the concepts like uh what mars did with 5800 or 6800 sorry uh, about Mechane because it doesn't tie in directly to the Church of the Broken God, but it actually does tie in on like a like a mythological basis because what the Foundation finds is essentially Mechane itself. Um, but that's not clear. That's kind of a spoiler, but you know, at this point, it's it pretty obvious that's what the article is about. Um, but it, that's not the point of it. It, it. It's this really compelling story about the Foundation finding this really ancient and yet very modern machine. Uh, that they don't understand, that yet again is like a huge thing. The foundation, the wiki is full of huge machines the foundation does not understand. <laughs> <laughs> um, but this was, other than 599, I would say this is my favorite 5K entry for me personally.
2: 5K had some great entries. 5K and 6 oh, yeah. were fantastic. They were much better than the ones that came before
0: them.
1: Oh, and just to be clear, I'm not saying 5000, the one that actually won, is bad. It's a very good article. <laughs> yeah. Love but 5, uh, my personal like taste went more to 5001 and 599
2: there's also the dragon of mittenwald in 5k so many good oh articles. god
1: oh, Jacko related dragon of mittenwald is such a good one which could have almost been a church of the broken god one too it isn't but uh it's all focused on technology as well
2: I'm, I'm gonna throw in and once we get to the end and we do the also mentions i'm gonna throw in yet another 6k uh, broken god one
1: there's <laughs> a lot um so, one of the last articles uh, is the Digital Hydra, which is SCP 5841, which is by Placeholder and Tiaman. And this was part of the Limited Memory, which is the series by uh, Tiaman, Placeholder, Pentagon, and It's a Bad Idea that we mentioned earlier, that was part of Canon Renacon, which is basically, like Harry said earlier, let's add to a canon that hasn't been added to in a while. And this storyline is really excellent because, like, like what we tried to do both of our teams harry with resurrection they really did focus in on let's tell a complete story from beginning to middle like a nice story arc and this one is so excellent
2: i am deeply impressed with the job they did on this their team should have placed higher than they did and they placed very high but they should have placed higher they did an incredible yeah. job
1: yeah it's really underrated uh, especially because a lot of the canon Rancon stuff has not really been paid attention to since i think yeah we've had a decent run of it because we've continued to add to it, and so people are still reminded of it, Yeah, but uh, this AID stuff is terrific. Unfortunately, it doesn't have its own hub, but it is clearly identified in the AID uh, hub, which I will include the link to, uh, and I just really highly recommend it. Yeah,
2: part of the reason for that is, and I think this goes above and beyond the call of a contest. They did a great job. They revitalized the AI, AI, uh, the hub for the contest. Yeah. They redid the hub for the canon for the contest, and that's why they nestled themselves in there.
1: Yeah, and it's it's gorgeous. I mean, it's I do Yeah, I not really know what it looked great. like before, but it looks so good now.
2: It's a great art. It's a it's a great article, I almost said. It. It's a great page.
1: <laughs> and Mars, you said in your notes when you suggested this one that you had Kenneth's connection to Juan's image, which is the holy script one that you wrote uh, that we talked about earlier. What what did you mean?
0: Yeah, um, so in Juan's image, uh, the people after they go to the spire and they get their flesh torn from their bodies and get turned into some other kind of a creature I like to think that they didn't actually transform into anything like inhuman, they just lost their humanity but still maintained their uh, their human like physical form and I like to think when they were wandering elsewhere out into the land to you know go spread the word of Juan, they ended up in this specific building and they got trapped on. I believe it's the the fifth floor is where the fifty eight forty one one instances are. Uh, yeah, they are. And so I like to think that they wandered up in here. They got lost in the fifth floor, and then these cables just started like coming out of them because you know they're they're not really human anymore. Uh, they've been standardized for. I like to think that those people from that story ended up here, turning into these anomalies that are incredibly hostile, and take anyone that they can find up into the uh, the upper floors to become more of the instances. And I like to think that's what happened to uh, that particular group.
1: <laughs> nice. So they I lost like to their think humanity. what you like to think. They lost their humanity, and they still have the shape of human. Would you say that they're hollow?
0: <laughs> oh dear. They've gone hollow.
1: Don't you sigh at me?
2: Don't you do it? I'm absolutely. I, I knew you were gonna do this eventually, but now that
1: it's happening, I'm just absolutely crestfallen.
0: Link the fire.
1: No, never link the fire. How? No, the age of dark is now. <laughs> uh, we're not gonna. We're just gonna move on. I hope. I hope there is someone out there that has no idea what we're talking about. Not likely. <laughs> Uh, And then a couple uh, by our wonderful superfan Gwari uh, made some recommendations uh, and one of them is a ES article uh, from the Spanish branch, uh, which was translated on the International Archive uh, and it is called SCP-ES-029 called Massive Mechanical Orbitus Uh, Orbitus? Not Orbitus Orbitus And it's a small city in Chile which gets invested or infested uh, with the Cogwork Orthodoxy There's like a group that is fleeing from something. It's not quite clear what, but there's like 14 of them. And they get into this small city, um, which interestingly had almost no electronic devices of any kind in the first place. Like it was already, despite it being a city, uh, was really behind the times in terms of technology. And there was no hospital nearby. And so lots of people that lived in the city were suffering from various health ailments. And the Cogwork starts offering upgrades to people as an alternative treatment. Um, you know, if you have a you know messed up leg or if you have bad lungs or whatever they're going to help you uh, only the way that they treat it and it's described as it's process uh, with the locals giving them physical and spiritual conversion to the Kogorg Orthodoxy meaning they're actually going to make them more of uh, machinery than people uh, and it looks like uh, a genuine like uh, assembly line there's even a great picture in the article that just looks like it's out of a factory and it's like oh this is where people were treated <laughs> And within 10 years, basically the whole city has become modified and converted. Uh, And it really shows the church moves into an area and, like, preys on the poor, the weak, uh, as these people without health care, who the Cogwork, use their ability to replace body parts from the machines to convince these people to join the faith. And, like, it works because it's implied that these people are going through some sort of brainwashing but it's not explicitly stated and it could just be as simple as these are the people that showed up that actually helped us and then a different article that was suggested by wari which is uh, scp 2307 the pen is mightier which uh, a few people have mentioned is one of their favorite cog work. Uh, sorry, Church of the Broken God articles, and that's also by Ip. <laughs> um, we're not gonna go into it, but basically it is this wonderful retelling of the like Arthurian legend through like the vent the lens of of the Mechanites.
2: Yeah, it's a good one too, yeah. It's a really good one. Hey, can I throw one in here while we're on the topic? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's also a six K entry, the SCP six thousand contest, and it was by Re Spectators and Pedagon. And it was SCP-6217, and it's a biological version of the uh, Broken God uh, at the bottom of the lake, and it's exploring a a very different dimension to how the topic is usually handled, to the point where I almost thought it could have been a a fourth branch of the church, and it's a really cool article, and uh, it it hasn't gotten the attention that I think it deserves. So 6217, another big K-con Broken God, because the Broken God is everybody's favorite for uh, reimagining really so that's Pentagon Respectators it's a really good article yeah it
1: is really good and it is highly
2: underrated most stuff that Pentagon's involved with deserves to be at least twice as high as it is
1: yeah I, oh, I really agree. you know obviously I've uh, worked with him on a couple things but he's he's a very good a friend talented writer. He's yeah a very, and he's great a good great friend. dude yeah okay so uh, we've gotten a few emails here uh, so Harry you want to read the first one from Boris sure So, from Boris,
2: the first email. The word on the street is you're going to talk about UIU. Hey, blast from the past. I'd really like to hear about their more serious side. Oh, we did a great job. We already solved this one. Yeah. I mostly associate them with vain screw-ups, as portrayed in their orientation tale, which I even translated a few years back. Oh, thank you for your service. I'm sure a lot of people have this version as their headcanon, which may be a bit unfair. But hey, on the other hand, how much sympathy can you have for the FBI? Cheers. (laughs) Exactly.
1: (laughs) Yeah, which we covered last week because as much as I think UI and and Greenwood all love the UIU, it's also like, yeah, but They're still the FBI. (laughs) Yep. Uh, And then the second uh, email from Boris was another great episode, though I have to say ACAB includes the UIU. (laughs) Damn right. (laughs) Damn right it does. Anyway, the church. I was never much interested in it, but I understand it underwent an interesting evolution. It used to be mostly villains, and now they're usually described as the quote-unquote good guys. Maybe just a little bit less so in the Rounder House proposal and its offshoots. I have to say, though, my favorite Broken God article is 2307, which we just mentioned. The pen is mightier. Obviously, the Maxwellus stuff is also good in the AID canon, but that's just because AID is good. Uh, and it is. You're right. It is. Mars, you want to read this one from Gizma?
0: Uh, sure. I'll try to set aside my Nulcan fanaticism for that one. <laughs> the COTBG, or Church of the Broken God, are basically the wiki's fictional anomalous Christians. They've done a lot of very questionable or outright evil stuff, but they're they're more mainstream and generally seen as the quote-unquote good guys. Perhaps it helps. They're from Europe. (laughs) Yeah. I find the base faith kind of boring, but it's probably because I haven't read into it as much as sarcasm, but I do like how it is fragmented into different uh, denominations. Where Sarkisism's fragmentation was more based on it being a diaspora and the cults adapting to the cultures they joined, the C.O.T.B.G. is more institutionalized in its separations, more based on having different interpretations of the tenets, and that inevitably leads to conflict. I've read some good works on that theme, can't remember the numbers and titles right now. I especially like the Maxwellists, a, who are more modern and feel more unique. I also can't deny that the COTBG has a huge presence on the wiki. They're certainly a big GOI whose growth contributed to a lot of other stuff. I should have said GOI there, but you get it. (laughs) (laughs) They're certainly a big Goy.
1: They they are, especially if they're the Anonymous Christians.
2: Great big fucking Goy.
1: I will say, along with Gizmo's point, I really like how they are sort of set up as the opposite number to the sarkiks and they both both of these groups have been you know uh, fractured in different ways uh and they are handled in very unique organic ways this dealing much more with the idea of how institutionalized religions eventually break apart and become different sects uh and you know sarcosism being mostly about colonialism in my opinion yeah and then i'm gonna read this last one which is from Inquiry, uh who has sent an email i think every time and really appreciate it uh church of the broken god was one of the first guis in the site so i'm curious how you'll handle such an important and famous organization on the site's history uh we're gonna handle it by reading a bunch of random shit yeah <laughs> originally i planned on doing a longer comment but this week's has proven to be horrible on multiple counts so i didn't have the time or energy if anyone listening to this is russian or ukrainian i wish you safety and we do as well
2: yes indeed
1: uh, things are pretty rough out there uh, and uh, we even know some people out there so please try to stay safe if at all possible stay- I realize that's a ridiculous thing to ask for but we're all wishing you well
2: absolutely as always stay safe and stay sane yep.
1: so we're all set uh, we're going to get out of here um, my personal uh, twitter is g r i g o r i k a r p i m. He's uh, saying it show- like it's his own name at this point. He knows it so well. <laughs> it, it, yeah. Okay. Thanks, though. Uh, <laughs> uh, the show's uh, Twitter is simcreat. The email, which if you want to send us an email, we will read it and appreciate it, uh, is simplycreativepeople all spelled out at gmail.com. And my you Twitter. Guys want to plug
0: your Twitters. My Twitter is at HarryBlankSCP. Uh, my Twitter is at uh, MarcellusRains. That. That's it. It's just by name. There's nothing special. <laughs>
1: uh, Alright, great. Uh, any closing thoughts from the Maxwellists? Uh fuck sarcasm. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect.
2: Beryllium bronze.